2: My guest today is a radio producer of notoriety, a DJ he can rely on to spin the right tune at the right time, and a man who wears a flat cap that reflects his musical wisdom. He's a crucial part of making Six Music, increasingly the BBC's music radio flagship, and fought hard to save the station from closure. When his cans aren't on, he's known for his exploits in lycra as an obsessive cycler, his love of the tricky trees and all things Nottingham. He is T Bone, Mr Tom Wally, and today he's my guest on Desert Isolation Discs. Hello, Tom. Hello, you reds.
1: (laughs) uh, which I have to say every time anyone mentions forest, I have to say that. It's in the contract.
2: And we're sat here, I mean, I can't help but see the, glit, the, glit, the glint of your award. So before,
1: before you arrived, I thought, I'll make this look like I'm a proper media person. Yeah. And I actually rearranged the, my desk where I work, where I sat in my in my room at the moment. Um, this award that is in front of you, though, that normally <laughs> live in the living room, and I thought, just for Alex's benefit, I'll just move it into the into the office to today so he sees it. That's an award I won for my production skills. Uh, a minor trinket, <laughs> a very, very minor <laughs> radio award, but I, I'm still mm. proud of it.
2: No, you should be proud of The Radio Academy uh, Best Music Entertainment Producer Award. Um, and you work on the Huey Show on Radio City.
1: And credit goes to, I mean, for this, for this award, I mean, when I put the entries together, I said, I said to uh, to Huey and everyone, I said, you know, if the judges get this entry, because you put like 15 minutes worth of clips from your show, so if mm. the judges get it, then we're in with a good chance of getting something. Uh, but it depends who the judges are because i had a there's a there's a piece in in the in the entry that was an interview in fact it started with it it was an interview with prince fatty the dub producer but the interview was all done in dub so it was all echoey and sound of win i was like you know if the if the if the if the uh, the judges are high then i am definitely winning this yeah um and look yeah luckily luckily they kind of they got it so maybe they were having a blaze or something i don't know
2: great stuff And so we've cast you into the desert for for the purposes of choosing your eight tunes. How did you approach it? I mean, I just saw you crate dig most of them, and uh, what's your first choice as well?
1: Well, basically, I I approached it uh, late, because I didn't know what I had to do. You were were already in my house when I asked (laughs) you, do I have to pick some music? Uh, And I went to my trusty vinyl store, um, so I thought, all all my favourite records will be on vinyl, because if I haven't discovered them on vinyl... I'll have since bought them again and had them on vinyl. That's Mm. tends to how how I go. Um, But I wanted to have everything on vinyl and not to play it off vinyl but just um, it's a nice kind of prop to hold you know in front of me as I'm Mm. doing it I'm a prop comic. So the first uh, record I've gone for I just love this. So the LP it's called Mark of the Beast and then below that there's a kind of little it just says 666 Uh, and it's by Willie Hutch who I think is one of the most underrated artists on Motown ever. He was a songwriter there i think and a producer um this came out i think it's mid 70s i think it's 75 i'll have to check and it's a slept on album people don't really know it um it's got nothing to do with satan at all (laughs) although i don't know why uh, i mean i suppose it's kind of a turbulent time in america's history um but it's it's just i I found this at my grand's house uh we were just going through some old records that were there and everything was classic grand stuff you know some frank sinatra dean martin this one just jumped out at me I like, why has my grand got this mark of the beast record <laughs> and it's uh, just when i was getting into to, to vinyl myself and i took it home and it's a belter and i think i've played it you can see how bad it is i think i've played it every dj set i've ever been and i, I played a track off this on the qi show the <laughs> other day and i didn't realize how scratched the vinyl so I was i was playing it out i think god this sounds dreadful you could hear one particular dirty spot come round <laughs> like and periodically <laughs> Even Huey spotted it. But, uh, you know, I suppose that adds to the magic. Uh, but the track I'm going to play for you uh, is the one that you will know off this album because, pl- like I say, I've played it at every DJ set I ever do. Mm. Um, it's a track called Try It, You'll Like It.
0: Try! <laughs> <laughs>
2: mr tom wally uh, so tom you mentioned there you're djing out how do you approach dj can you remember your first set
1: i do i do remember my first set uh, my first set was for a guy called anders who you know he's been on this podcast, this mm. podcast. Uh, anders and i uh, went on to form a record label together we mm. did some great nights but we were, hello thor records was born out of our friendship um i met anders at Actually, I met you through Anders. Actually, and I, but I met Anders through my podcast, not mm. in Nottingham, uh, which I used to do back in Nottingham, where we'd play Nottingham-centric music uh, and do other things.
2: Tell, tell the listeners what were your best features in the podcast? Uh, the feature, had, I mean, this is a legendary podcast. Every You're link, playing it, Tom, it's absolutely fantastic.
1: You are the biggest fan in the world of this podcast. I am <laughs> weirdly <laughs> uh, the only one. The, the best thing about the, the podcast is we had. A, a, almost i mean the best thing about doing radio production is features right coming up with features and coming up with names for them i think that podcast almost had a feature every other link or (laughs) maybe every every link so we had one called science outside where we well basically because i was clever enough to work out how to fix up a phone through the desk (laughs) i realized we had to use find some way of using the phone as part of the podcast so (laughs) i just sent my mate spencer outside because he'd a... literally outside. He'd go outside and we'd, he'd phone in. My Two of my favourites were, can you cook your dinner in a kettle? Yeah. And that's how we just put a load of stuff in a kettle, boiled it and tasted it, <laughs> it was like gravy and beans and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but my favourite ever one was, uh, it's not not really scientific, but it was, what's better, Halloween or bonfire night? <laughs> you know, they're really close together. <laughs> and the, the way we did that to find out is I just, I got a pumpkin and we filled it full of fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> we took that outside and lit them, and it was—I mean, was so ridiculous. But uh, there's B- just bits of flaming. The well, obviously fireworks won because the pumpkin was no match for all the fifteen quid worth <laughs> of parts put in it. But there's the bits of like there's air bombs going off inside this pumpkin, and bits of
2: flaming pumpkin flying around onto the roofs. What other features did we have in that? Sh- in that I mean, show? the the main thing that you did was cram as many people into what sounded like quite a small room yeah. and then just, uh, you know, have them hanging out on the sofa it's... and then just sort of lean towards the desk. The, you kind, know,
1: of think... the, the kind of thinking behind that was basically we had a big team mm. but it's because basically every member of the team owned one piece of equipment that was essential to the podcast. What's your next record? So the next record, so uh, this again goes back to our days uh, in Nottingham. And if anyone's ever been there, uh, suddenly it's gone now, but there was a great record shop called Anarchy Records. Still brilliant for record shopping in Nottingham, but Anarchy Records was my personal favourite. They always had a great turnover of records and they sold them cheap. So every week, load of new stock and it would fly up doors and then something new the week after. And I lived around the corner, actually. In fact, I didn't live very far from where. From you, Market mm. Park. Uh, so on a Saturday, it was kind of my first stop every Saturday morning. But this record, I didn't get from there because they wouldn't sell it to me in there. <laughs> what they did is they lent it to me because there was a really, they were, it was the antithesis of other record shops. They'd actually lend you stuff that they wouldn't sell you. <laughs> uh, exactly like, like a library. So this record, um, it's uh, by a band, I mean, I don't know why um, they decided that I would like this, uh, but it's by a band called Team Dresh. And if anyone knows Team Dresh, they were kind of a all-girl, uh, queer-core, riot-girl kind of hardcore-punk band. Uh, the album's called Personal Best. And it's if I was ever to do a kind of um, uh, an, a theme of a collection of albums, it's albums where people are doing sports on the cover. That's <laughs> one of my favourite genres. And th- in this, they're about to start uh, some kind of sprint. Mm-hmm. they in athletic clothing, a lot of track and field stuff going on. It's just so pure. It's kind of kind of innocent. Kind of pure. It's very angry, very angsty, um, and it just takes you back to that kind of that kind of perfect period uh, in the '90s. Um, it's a little bit slacker. Everything's just a bit cooler. Then it came out in 1994. The track I'm going to play you off the album again, really, really hard. Um, I'll, I'm going to play this track called "Hate the Christian Right."
2: Absolutely brilliant stuff there, Tom. So, as you were saying, your love of Nottingham, and for, you know, for a long time you were Mr. Nottingham. Uh, and that included working for BBC Radio Nottingham. How did you get the gig there? And what kind of stuff were you... You were doing some quite interesting stuff while you were on there. I, d- I did everything when I was on that
1: station. And, I, you know, it's kind of, at the time... I mean, I, I, I lecture in radio these days as well as producing. And I, at the time, was desperate to get out. And the longer, the kind of, the period of, of being away goes on, I kind of... The fondness for it for it grows. I kind of miss it yeah. a little bit. Um, so, in local, so yeah, BBC Nottingham. So I kind of got started on a show called The Beat, mm. which is still going now on BBC Nottingham, Derby, Lincoln and Leicester on a Saturday night, 6 till 10. Mm. And that is an old show, kind of born out of the, the old sort of... It kind of came on air when it was the rave days, really. Mm. And it was a kind of contemporary youth programme mm. since it's really grown up. And now it's part of the BBC Introducing kind of strand. Mm. Uh, but it was doing what Introducing does uh, a long time before that. And so I kind of got started answering the phones on that show mm. and i then i co-presented it produced it did all sorts of festival coverage from there uh, so on a, particularly across the summer most weeks i was out somewhere in the country oh, in the east midlands at a festival mm. um i'd go out and interview bands and that sort of stuff and from there they kind of brought me into the kind of mainstream of radio nottingham so mm. i'd do the morning show produce that drive the radio car uh do I do all well? Some of my favorite things. Once I had to drive the BBC Nottingham car in front of the Nottingham Marathon, uh, <laughs> which is really good. And, um, the point, I mean, you don't know how stressful that is because actually it's really hard to keep a constant speed. What
2: speed were you at? Uh,
1: quite fast, and uh, every time, every time again, like you got. I had a, a, a presenter in the back facing backwards to commentate on the race. Yeah, and every time again, he was like, "Step on it," because they were kind of coming up the side of me, they overtaking. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, my favourite bit was we just got to Home Pierpond, the National War, Water Sports Centre in Nottingham, mm. and the, the, the commentator just had to go, go pull over, and he just threw up. Just like <laughs> <laughs> my erratic driving. Because uh, well, he was facing backwards. Facing uh, yeah. backwards and commentating, that I was driving erratically, that was good. Um, but my, the, the kind of crowning moment uh, of my Ready Nottingham career was a feature called Where's Wally? Mm. Devised by Dean Jackson, and we would do it every bank holiday Monday. I would be blindfolded, put in a taxi and then just dumped somewhere in the county with about two quid to my name and i have to make it back before the end of the show (laughs) uh using the public to guide me back to i mean genuinely i would not know where i was uh the public would help guide me back um occasionally people like offer me lifts Weird. So
2: people these were people who were listening in who sort of yeah. You must have guessed where you were. Or
1: yeah, like... people would come and find me, help me
2: out. Do you say what? I, all I can see is this forecourt. All,
1: all I can see is a field. Most of the <laughs> I mean, of the time it was normally a field. Uh, yeah, so, so, I mean, just endless kind of strange things happened, and that's kind of had a cult following. That feature, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's still people. Th- I mean, I don't know whether people still reminisce about it now, but for a couple of years after I left, people still still miss Absolutely. it. Absolutely, um, and it's something. I mean, I I kind of miss doing it actually. It was that was brilliant, but it's that kind of thing about local radio where it's just. Um, you've just got no resources, and you just make do with, it, with what you've got, and it's brilliant. Actually, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's going kind to of
2: still be in good stead doing what I do now. They glanced down, saw your surname, and had a feature before you'd even thought. Yeah, it. well,
1: again, it was <laughs> Dean Jackson takes the credit for that. Dean Jackson, the man behind the beat, the man who kind of gave me my career. Really, mm. you know, without Dean Jackson, I kind of wouldn't have done anything really.
2: Um, so what's the next song you have got for us?
1: Well, I mean, in no particular order, I am going to pick. I'm going to pick this one because it's the one on the top of the pile. It's on a 45. Uh, on the Shout label. You, again, you'll know this one very well because it's always what I normally finish with in a DJ set. Mm. I also played it, it was our friends, uh, Anna and Nathan, when they got married, mm. they had this song, I think as they walked down the aisle, I think as they were leaving, and I also played it for them uh, in this DJ set. Yeah. The song is, uh, it's Freddie Scott, it's called you Got What I Need. Most people know it best from the Bismarcky Markie version, yeah. uh, Just a Friend. But, um, beautiful beautiful record i'm gonna get married probably in the summer and uh this one will probably feature heavily in my body. so yeah enjoy this one so for all you old romantics
0: Afraid and full of fear, so glad you saved me, dear.
2: was the inimitable Freddie Scott there. Uh, so, Tom, you gave us a glance into uh, BBC Radio Nottingham, uh, but now you're uh, a pro- producer down here. Your Perhaps your biggest gig is on the Huey Show on Radio 6 Music. That's
1: my only dependable gig.
2: <laughs> Quite. Uh, give us an insight into how you put that together for the people who are sort of uh, budding radio producers. Uh, what's, how does the process work?
1: Well, I mean, so, so the Huey Show on 6 Music is kind of my bread and butter. I've produced it for... Probably four years now, from when it was on a Sunday afternoon to now, when it's on a mm. on a Saturday morning. Uh, at the same time, I do I'm a freelancer, so I produce any other show. I've probably done every single show on Six Music and <laughs> then some. Um, but Huey, kind of, think like it's my regular, my one regular gig. Uh, in terms of putting it together, it's um, it's quite easy for me. I mean, it's it's a it's a funny one. Me, me and Huey really mesh really well, music taste wise. Uh, I get to put some of the tracks into the show. Uh, Huey gives me a load of tracks and I tend to kind of work on the order that we play them in. Um, and I think I like to think because our, our music tastes are so similar, you can't tell where one begins and one ends. Um, and Huey's taste is fantastic. And that's why I love doing it. It's my, up there with, you know, Huey, Keris, Jarvis, Iggy Pop, my favorite shows on Six Music, hands down, uh, musically. Um and so i'm just i'm just so lucky to do it so so normally huey you'll send me a bundle of tracks in the week i'll put them together in a kind of order mm. it's changed ever slightly because now we have a few kind of we have play a few playlist tracks on, mm-hmm. we have the six music playlists on saturday so we play those but i'll put them in the right kind of order that i feel um i'll chuck huey a few new releases see what he's digging mm. you know suggest a few to him uh, put them together then i kind of work around um picking some of the features so we have a thing called digging in the crates where we, we've been buying vinyl mm. And the listeners each week suggest another vinyl to go in that collection, mm. but on a theme. So I'll put, I'll think of the theme, mm. and then uh, pick the record. Um, and it's always one that me and Huey dig.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, the other stuff. So um, I try to make sure there's a good because all the new records get sent to both me and Huey and I. You know, today in fact was my day of going through new records. So mm. kind of I'm the first stop in filtering out all the junk, yeah. and then I put the good stuff in there. Mm. You're, you're playing to a very broad audience on a Saturday morning.
2: Um, but we also like to take him on a little, you know, uh, you know we can play slightly riskier tracks. And I like that you'll uh, throw in some Nottingham stuff as well for us. And also that Huey references you a lot. You know, he's, he's not taking all the credit.
1: No, no, Huey does reference me. I mean, sometimes I, I cringe, I think, you know, don't reference me on the show, Huey. It's, this is your show. Don't reference me. Because there's a, there's a thing he calls the T-Bone Trifecta on the show every week, which basically I put kind of three to give it, rather than just be a show where it's play record, that was this is, that mm. was this is. Mm. Sort of mixed together three records that mix properly, mm. and he, he, you know he gives me credit. You know, I think don't, don't, no one cares who T Bone is. You know, <laughs> no one cares. Just be Huey Show. You know, I don't care. You can take all the credit yeah. if you want it, but no, he does. I mean, you know, we do. We kind of trust each other, and we mm. DJ. We DJ together. You know, we yeah. do. We often do back to backs together. We did Glastonbury. Mm. Um, my favorite one was the one we did. You might have been there at the Big Chill House. Uh, no, I didn't. You were, I that of. was. The, I mean, we did that. We supported um, Hackney Colliery Band yeah. and, for Wild Forty Five. And I mean, he DJed just back to back for an hour, and it was absolutely mega. And like, you, the thing is, <laughs> like, normally when it's back to back, there's some kind of there's quite a bit of collaboration. But normally it's like hughie plays something so disruptive and i have to follow him like he'll play like some body count or something like that and it's great he it t- totally changes the way you look at your record collection and how you use it um so he's, i mean Huey's just a, a great person but what you hear on the radio is just genuinely how he is mm. in real life he is um he's absolutely mega and i'm so, i was so lucky to get landed with him and it was it was in a real weird time for me because i was about to um my contract at Six Music had ended, mm. and I was supposed to go back to Radio Nottingham. And then the Huey job came up kind of that week. So I actually moved from my house in London back to Nottingham for a week. Yeah. And then came to London and moved back into the same house and <laughs> put everything back where it was. And then just started with Huey. Uh, but I don't take it for granted. And it's testament to you. Uh, so what are you playing
2: back-to-back with the Freddie Scott then?
1: Back-to-back <laughs> uh, back with the Freddie Scott. So again, this is, this is a true sound clash. This might go... Uh, I'm gonna pick up the pace a little bit. So, um one of the things that I really, really love musically is disco. Mm. Got a huge love for disco. Kinda of came about from again takes me back to Nottingham days, but through um Who's at my door? Hang on, I'll get this. We'll, we'll we'll pick this back up. <laughs>
2: Interviews at the door, Tom.
1: Who's at my door? I bet it's Siso. Is it you? I'm doing an interview. I'm in the middle of an interview with Alex. Oh, shit, how's it? Yeah. Oh, God. Hiya. Hi. Hello. Hello, yeah. Oh, we're, in the, we're in the middle of a take. I was about to introduce a track. Nice. All the cats are home.
2: Good, right. right. <laughs> is, is that
1: your yeah. main job of the thing? <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, so disco is kind of my... Uh, I said love I kind of picked up in Nottingham, and this is one that I love. You always know it's quality quality. if it's on the Prelude label. um, I'll buy anything on that label. Uh, This track uh, is by um, France Jolie. um, And she is French, I believe. Um, And there... Oh, is she? Yeah, she is French. Or Spanish. Who knows? But anyway, (laughs) basically, I know that because there's an English language version of this track and then a... French no it's Spanish version of this track is the other is on the other side uh, but the track is called I'm gonna get over you and it's just a beautiful piece of uh, cannabis going. To-
2: Tom, we, we've we've heard about your early days, but tell us about your really early days. First of all,
1: wanted to be a footballer, wanted mm. to play for Forest, mm. wanted to be Stuart Pierce, basically. Then uh, I realised that I just I was very very small in those days, and like you know, in the old days of football, if you were just if you were just small, you know, they're not interested in you. <laughs> so then it, then it was music, so I learnt the mm. guitar and I wanted to be in a band.
2: What band would you have ideally
1: wanted to be in at that point? What ba- In those days, I'd probably wanted to be in Metallica or mm. and then Oasis, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, and and then, uh, kind of beyond that, then. but also, I, you know, was, I was definitely interested in radio. Radio's not something I kind of did accidentally. I definitely mm. wanted to do it from about... I think, going back, it's weird. I, I used to listen to a lot of Radio 1 in those days and I loved everything. Uh, I loved Chris Evans' Breakfast Show. It was brilliant. Uh, Mark and Lard... Uh, on, their, on their 10 o'clock show at night was absolutely mm. fantastic. Collins and McConey's Hit Parade was, was brilliant. There were just so many great things mm. on, on Radio 1 those days. But saying that, I never, ever listened to John Peel. Yeah. And it's a funny thing about kind of a lot of our generation. Like John Peel is... Mm. It you know, held in such high esteem, but mm. well, I don't think a lot of us actually listen to it. It's like that Sex Pistols gig that everyone yeah. in at Manchester that everyone claims they're at. Tom, his son, who's a DJ, who I know really well, mm. um, I've told him many times that I never listen to his dad, and he kind of kind of thinks that most people were the same as me. You know, really, <laughs> most people in radio are just lying.
2: Uh, and you wanted to be in front of the mic at that point, or behind it? You know, when you were starting out.
1: I think I wanted to be in front of the mic, mm. yeah. Uh, and I don't mind being in front of the mic. You know, I've done podcasts and stuff. Um, but what I, you know, what I wouldn't want to do now, I've seen it, is be on, be in front of the mic every single day. I and mean, it's hard being a producer who produces the show on every day. Mm. But presenting the show on every day, you have bad days when you just don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. You know, and how how you go on air and and, and talk on those days. Um, obviously, you can just play a lot of music. It's the best thing. But um, so it's it's that it's that funny thing. It kind of brings me around to something I'm gonna do. At the moment, we're going to start a new podcast. Mm. Myself and uh, John Hillcock, who's present on XFM and Amazing Radio and Six Music, um, and it is basically, essentially, it's John Hillcock meeting other DJs because DJs are a strange breed of people, and there's a there's a lot of paranoia because you're never you're never very comfortable in the slot that you're on on radio. <laughs> there's always someone else trying to get it off you, yeah. or you're always at the, you know the mercy of uh, ratings and that sort of stuff. Uh, and if someone like John, and John, you know, John's kind of on this job in DJs. It's been around all sorts of stations, and um, his his thought is that he's never met a happy DJ. And it's, <laughs> there is a kind of, there is a slight melancholy behind most DJs. There's a, there's a, there's a, it's, it takes a strange character to yeah. do that kind of job.
2: So, have you played your next tune on the radio? Do
1: you know, what? I think I have played it once. Mm. You don't hear it on the radio very often, and I do remember when I played it because I played it. Um, Remember when there was the, the, in the London, I think it was in the London riots? Was it part of the riots? Anyway, there was the uh, Pius Fire at the mm. factory. Mm. Remember, it burnt a lot of stock. Yeah, And some of the stock belonged to a label called Polyvinyl. Um, who they, They're their distributors. Pius are their distributors over here, I think. Mm. Um, so I thought, oh, we'll do something on the radio. Tom Ravenscroft was presenting that weekend. We'll do something on the radio, we'll play a track from a connected label. And I chose this. Um, it's just an album I come back to, and um, it's by a band called American Football. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, the album's called American Football. They only ever made one album, and they made it in 1999. Uh, they're actually reforming at the moment to do some gigs, the first gigs since then, really. That's this this album is just absolutely perfect. It's so 90s emo. <laughs> Not in the kind of emo that you, it kind of came to be, but it's, there's a lot. It's kind of... Um, post rock mathy a lot of time signature changes very emotional i mean you look at the, the song titles are I'll, I'll see you when we're both not so emotional um you know i should be leaving soon but the regrets are killing me so real classic emo <laughs> titles uh, but the track i'm going to play for you it's the opening track on the album uh, and it's just an absolute killer track and it's called never meant so yeah american football never meant
2: great to hear you embracing American sports uh, a former softball player yourself as well so uh, classic let's uh, let's have a listen. <laughs> American football back in the room with T-Bone picking out his eight tunes that he couldn't live without Um, Tom I mentioned your DJing then how do you uh, how do you approach a set, and when you're in the middle of it, do you, are you really are you one of those ones that you know you're absolutely into it, or uh, you're in the zone, or uh, you know I've seen you in action, you're able to uh, chat to the chat to your adoring fans. Uh, Tom is one of the premier DJs of craft nights, uh, having been uh, a partner with me in uh, both Jumpers for Goldpost and Come Get Felt Up, the Nottingham and London respective uh, craft and gig nights. Uh, but how, yeah, how do you approach
0: it?
1: well the good thing about craft nights is for the start of it people are just making stuff so you can play whatever you want doesn't matter um and you can try out records i mean like coming back to it, i mean i kind of you know i don't think we ever finished that question but you know i got started djing through a friend of mine anders through the podcast yeah. he listened to the podcast and he asked me to dj yeah. and i just made a cd and did it just records i wanted to play that i thought would yeah. sound good and from there i kind of accidentally became a I did some... i have de- never come as a DJ, really, because I'm rubbish. <laughs> but like, I've done loads of gigs. I've done Glastonbury. I am like, an absolute chancer. I'm rubbish. But I've got a good collection of records.
0: Yes.
1: Um, so, and then we started, we started something called Yeah, I'll Play It Later, which is just three of us started as a, a DJ collective as a joke. And then someone booked us. <laughs> no, we're, not, we're not real. And um, so- we
2: should have a moment of appreciation for that name. Yale yeah, play it later is it absolutely great uh, doctrine to live by as a DJ. And
1: do you know they were they were the greatest DJ nights. So there was, there was in the end of this, it swelled to about six different DJs, each playing a kind of specialist subject of their their kind of chosen genre. We had jazz and reggae and. Mm all sorts of stuff, and then, but at the end of the night would be the best bit where we'd all play one record each and it'd just be <laughs> absolute carnage. I <laughs> uh, well, just, you know, they were, they were brilliant. So, but in terms of putting together a DJ set, um, in the, I mean, it depends, I mean, where I'm, where I'm playing and what I'm doing. The stuff that always works, the funk and soul stuff. Hmm. I always try and get away loads of disco and disco's hit and miss, actually. Sometimes it, the crowd don't want to hear it, and I, I've, I've always struggled with that. You know, unless you're playing a dedicated disco night, people expect to hear it. Yeah. Or you're playing a good sound clash sort of thing. Uh, it can, it can. Uh, particularly the rarer disco it doesn't always go down well. Perhaps I'm using it in the wrong way, um, but always keep it funk and soul. And the great thing about funk and soul records, particularly the Motowny kind of stuff, is it's short mm. and everyone knows it. You know, yeah. and it's the same thing with putting together a radio. Honestly, doing the DJ gigs has really helped me when it comes to now having to schedule radio shows because you have to use that combination of familiar and unfamiliar tracks and how best to spread them out and use them. Um, you know, people respond to, you know, on a radio show, you play a familiar track out of the news or at the top of the hour, those, those kind of big junctions or at the back of a trail. Yeah. And that keep, that gives people that little bit of comfort, and mm. then you can play something slightly they might not definitely know, and then you can get rarer, and then you bring them back.
2: So, your equivalent of the news is when you nip to the loo in the middle of your set, is it?
1: That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my equivalent <laughs> of the news, or when you get up to do a speech or something, yeah, you know, that's, oh, yeah. when I mean, we're doing the competition far giveaways.
2: Too, far too frequent.
1: Um, uh, so, yes, yeah, so that's, that's how I put together a DJ set. Um, always, always, always it has been that I will only ever do it off a of final that's always been my kind of rule It's getting harder and harder to do though like i Why? mean just, it's so heavy <laughs> we did we did glastonbury this year and and sizzo my other half over there had to help me carry records and it was just so heavy carrying yeah, records I through mean, mud. when
2: you've got muscle like that then no problem
1: she is the muscle the, <laughs> she just come back from the gym as well which you know, look, at, look, at the, look at the guns so yes yeah, so, i mean so actually i could you know i could see a time now uh, where i don't necessarily play all vinyl but also it's just because the nature of my job has changed now i get sent a lot of stuff digitally Mm -hmm. um rather than going out and buying it Mm. um it's a shame just not to play that stuff so you know maybe but um yeah doing our vinyl has just been it's just way more fun when you're doing it really i think um so what's your next tune okay right next tune uh so i did mention earlier on um i'm gonna keep it sad for now I've, I've really badly talking to scheduling records. I've scheduled these so badly, um, <laughs> uh, basically. Right, so what we're gonna do now? We're gonna we're gonna. Uh, it's quite a sad record. Uh, fans of the film Groundhog Day will enjoy this record. It's one of my absolute all time favourites. Originally, it's a country and western record uh, that Ray Charles got hold of and did a great version. Uh, I mentioned earlier that i 'm getting married later this year and it 's the kind of, kind of it 's one of those songs I think i 'd love to feature at my wedding but actually it's um, it, although it sounds romantic it 's actually quite a sad story it 's one of unrequited love um, but uh, in Grand Day it seemed to work well enough but um, the track is uh, it 's by Ray Charles I mentioned um, and it 's called you don 't know me
0: You give your hand to me." Then you say hello And I can hardly speak My heart is beating so And anyone can tell You think you know me well But you don't know me No, you don't know me No, you don't know the one Who dreams of you at night and longs to kiss your lips, and loves to hold you tight. Oh, I'm just a that's all I've ever been. Cause you don't know me.
2: Cause you don't know me. So that was Ray Charles. Tom... For those who happen to be gliding around the streets of North London, they may be lucky enough to see you quite a lot in Lycra these days because you are such a cycling enthusiast. What uh, draws you to it? And what do you think about when you're on the bike? Because you go for pretty long rides these days. Yeah, I mean, I do. Uh, uh, you know, what, the other day we did 140 kilometres in the Chiltern, so it's quite long.
1: Um, I, like, so I, I came to it by necessity. You know, I've always ridden a bike, used to do mountain biking as a kid and moving to London it was just a better way to get around um and then quickly I got myself I tried a fixed gear just I said I'd never do it and then then I realized I just wanted to try something different so I'll try a fixed gear I had a bike I wanted to convert built up a fixed gear and I just thought I love this But what I noticed um through going to my local bike shop going out on rides with them I realized I was actually I was pretty decent at it um not not amazing or anything but I'm to take part in races and hold my own now. Um, so I quite like that. It's a, it's a, I mean, a lot of people find that when they're doing something, an exercise like swimming or cycling, that's when they have their best ideas. And mm. I think, you know, it's quite good. It just empties your brain, but I could just, if ev- just evangelize on how good cycling is so <laughs> I, I mean, it's so great, you know, save money, going to work and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I'm fitter than I ever have been, um, in my life, um, the last couple of years. Um, but like it's just great for me because I spend it gets me out of London every weekend. But also it's a great bunch of people. Like I mean, in my current club that I've ridden with for a while, so uh, Martin Fry from ABC, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is in my club. So I got, <laughs> you know what a lovely fella. Uh, the guy from Gentlemen's Dub Club, he's really? he's in my cycling club. Uh, there are various people from sort of uh, cycling industry and people from. Cool brands like Rafa, um, some great writers and that sort of stuff. So it's a, yeah. uh, it's an interesting. I mean, it's funny like cycling. Uh, a friend of mine uh, said um, he's got this quote that he's lost more friends to cycling than to drink and drugs combined. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it is it's so true. It is it's true. So it
2: does true. get. It does. T- <laughs> it does tend to get. Yeah. You so say you're all about the revolution. It's either records or wheels, or something like that. So yeah, th-
1: yeah, absolutely. You know, if I, I mean, do you know what? I, I, if I can combine cycling and music, then I've then I've really hit, you know, I've really found my place. And I, we d- I did a Gideon Co show on Six Music uh, from the Tour de France this yeah. year. He was he was at the tour. In, up in leeds and he played bike related records for three hours and i thought this <laughs> is it i've done it worlds collided yeah. the venn diagram is perfectly central <laughs> Everything fit aligned so it's great
2: yeah. absolutely beyond just the crap work uh, so what's the next record right well i've done
1: two kind of saddies mm. and l- what i've got left is one that is sad again <laughs> and uh, one that is not sad but it's got some potty mouth language in, and is a hip hop record. So, what you tell me what I should go for next? I think this one. This the hip hop. Mm. Okay, so uh, I had to include some hip hop um, in this. Uh, I don't have 36 Chambers on vinyl, so I, I ignored the Wu Tang uh, for a bit. And there, there's, there are so many uh, places I could go to. I did have Jay Diller in my hand, but I thought it's a little bit obvious. Had some Mad Lib, but I'm going to go for. Um, one of my favourite producers, she's uh, DJ Premier, who mm. did this record. Um, it's kind of, do you know what I mean? As as much as I love stuff like Illmatic and stuff, I think this is a great kind of companion to that. Um, it's, all the heads will know it, but. Um, outside of that it's not as well known but it's by uh, jay with the damager i think this came out in 94 most of the records i'm playing seem to have come out in 94 and, and many many tracks that i could play on this uh, but i'm gonna go for one that we've played on the huey show quite a lot um it's uh jay with the damager and my mind spray
2: to your final choice but just before that where do you uh, you know are they, uh... oh who's oh, ringing me now let's have a listen nice. that's my mum innit oh I'm sure it must be unknown oh. not getting answered CPI see you later mate <laughs> go on. well that hey. could have, that could have been the next juncture, you know in your life but it could yeah. <laughs> you know it's the sliding doors moment innit oh it? You absolutely know? yeah if I had only picked that rather than listen to Alex No, I only deal
1: with Snapchat these days <laughs>
2: Uh, where are we going to see Tom Wally next? What's uh, going
1: on? Well, um, long may the radio stuff continue mm. and more of it. I talked about the podcast of John Hillcock, yeah. which we're really kind of uh, enthused about. So hopefully we'll see that shortly. We're going to kind of putting it together a bit like comedians in cars getting coffee. So we're going to record a season's worth of shows mm. and then make those season uh, pretty much, you know, one episode every week, six weeks nice season then we'll do another season so mm. uh, that's the next thing um yeah hopefully loads and loads more radio if i get my ass in gear i will do another podcast based around music which i present uh, it's kind of it's kind of a specific genre that i'm really interested in but I don't want to take the energy out of it because I, I might not do it. Yeah. You know, oh, we're
2: um, close to a desert isolation disc exclusive. Though, yeah, right? nearly. Um, sure we'll I've got an idea. It. I need to
1: put it together. <laughs> uh, you'll see me if you're any of you in the London area and you're doing any bike races. You'll see me on the on the on the road and on the track. Uh, but also, if you, um, I'll probably do a lot more. Hopefully, a lot more university stuff. I can really get a kick out of teaching radio. To, mm. it's, I just find it amazing that I can get employed by a university <laughs> to teach people.
2: What do uh, they, they ask you, the students? What the, which common questions? well
1: i mean the students i mean they some of them they don't oh, funny thing is if i was with capital or one extra they'd know a lot more about what i do they don't know six music but the ones that do know six music you can spot them a mile off you can spot the indie kids around in um You've
2: probably in, got glasses like mine right yeah absolutely bis t-shirts yeah uh, so we've come to your final choice Beta breath. What is it, Tom? Well,
1: final choice. uh, It's kind of it should be the final choice because it's the one I took longest to find in my collection (laughs) because it was misfiled. But I thought I should definitely play it. I wanted something in there that's uh, I wanted to show a broad kind of cross section of what I'm into, and I wanted something Mm. that's vaguely Americana, Mm. uh, vaguely from that golden kind of age of the late '60s, early '70s. this is a record that everyone should own most people probably do uh it's the brown album but it's the band's debut album the band um and i, t- I came to the band quite late uh, um I, t- I have a tendency to come to stuff quite late stuff like you know i've never listened to a david burry album <laughs> like i've never listened to a david burry <laughs> really? right? and uh, you know but it'll always be there and i'll be able to pick it up at my leisure right. same with t- uh, tom waits i've never listened to tom waits album huey's always banging on at me to wow. listen to it kind of That'll always be there. Velvet, Velvet Underground is another one. I'll properly, I'll properly listen to them in my own time. You know? I see. You're
0: so saving a rainy year. So yeah.
1: <laughs> so I mean, but uh, the band is one that I've come to, and uh, just you know, I absolutely love. When you listen to it, have a think about the Flaming Lips as you're listening to this, because I feel like this is the blueprint for everything that the Flaming Lips did that I loved, mm. and I was, I was, I wanted to include the Flaming Lips in my songs <laughs> today. Soft Bulletin is one of my favourite albums full all time. But the flamingos have gone. They've gone to a place now that I'm not really comfortable with. I don't. It seems to be a pastiche of what it used to be. So I'm not that comfortable with it. Still love them, but um, not that comfortable. Um, but this record, um, you could easily imagine Wayne Coyne singing it. Perhaps he has. Um, it's like those the best fractured moments you get on soft Uh So the track is the band uh, with whispering pines.
0: Tom,
2: we've come to the end of your eight tunes. We're casting you out into the desert. After- do you know I
1: completely forgot I was on a desert? Maybe <laughs> I should have mentioned it. thought about it.
2: Well, is it, you know, is it, you've, you've fallen there after a freak hang gliding accident. How do you think you'll cope? Uh, you, you say that you're okay on your own.
1: I mean, with the isolation, I'd be absolutely fine, I suppose. So <laughs> I'm like, my complexion is not ideal for the desert. That's, I've got to say... Uh, <laughs> pure
2: East Midland skin. Pure
1: East Midland skin. So, uh, you know, a cap will be essential uh, to keep the keep the heat off. Um, uh, yes, I, you know, I'm going to... Uh, hopefully, I mean, if, if you allow me to have these on vinyl mm. on the desert, then I can make some kind of rudimentary structure mm. out of the vinyl perhaps the house <laughs> uh and so yes yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm i'm all set really
2: yeah it sounds like and and you always wear a cap anyway so that's fine always always um so we're very generous here on desert isolation discs we give you uh the tiger who came to tea and the complete red dwarf box set but we allow you <laughs> another luxury item uh what would you choose
1: well i'm looking forward to watching uh claire grogan in red dwarf so fantastic good that'll You know, I've got some kind of companion, (laughs) uh, one of my earliest Um, crushes. So you've given me another item to take with me. So uh, presumably you've given me the DVD box that you've given me a TV to watch it on. I don't have to request that. That's done. Excellent. Do you know what? Well, it's going to be predictable, isn't it? I think think I'm going to take a bike. Yeah, I'm going to take a bike
0: which Uh, one though you've got four to hand
1: well I'm thinking it's on sand so I'm going to take a cyclocross bike so (laughs) something with fat tyres you know um, hopefully I can still connect to Strava and upload the data of my my rides you know (laughs) Presumably, that there haven't been many people who've ridden in the desert, so I'd be setting some of the personal best, some of the best, uh, some of the records for that. So, yeah, I'm going to take a bike because I can't think of anything better. And also hats. Am I allowed to have loads of hats?
2: <laughs> well, Gads we'll brought you there with a hat on. At so least a hat, yeah. at least one cool hat. Know, go wearing the clothes you expect
0: to crash in. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, so, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, so I'll take so a bike.
2: Setting set, setting records and playing records, perfect. And so if you had to pick one of the eight tunes to save from the, the burning crash, what would it be?
1: Um, I'm going to take American football. Never meant, I think. Um, It's long, which, gosh, get get my money's worth. Um, uh, But I think, you know, when I'm going to be in the desert, even even though I am going to be on my own and I I don't mind being on my own so much, I am going to miss a few people. So I want something with a little bit of sadness and, Mm. and sentiment attached to it and something that makes me feel like... The great thing about those email records, they make me feel like I'm a teenager again, riding around on my BMX... Headphones on, and I could be in any American suburb, you know, and I could be dating Molly Ringwald, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take American football with me.
2: Fantastic. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure to listen to your Desert Isolation discs. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, listener, for, for joining us. Uh, any resemblance to any other radio shows, alive or dead, is purely coincidental, and uh, we'll hear you next time.
1: I like how you thank people now. There's no chance anyone is still listening by this point. They've turned off. They don't like me. It's gone. No. But thank you if you're still here.